What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. One of the hallmarks of any healthy relationship is trust. But that also includes the relationship with yourself. And how many times has there been a career reinvention that you've put on hold because you didn't trust yourself to make the right choice. How many amazing books, screenplays, TED Talks have not been given to the world because you didn't trust your instincts, your vision, or your voice? How many relationships romantically have been sabotaged because you didn't trust your internal picker and so you ran away when you met somebody who might have been healthy, that, that tried to love you? You didn't believe that it would stick around. What is the thing that's holding everything back? Is it that we have a societal confidence deficiency? Are we all just a neurotic, paranoid mess? This week on Life Amplified, we are going to go deep and I'm gonna talk directly to your inner child to help you get to the roots of your self-trust issues so you can finally create more time, money, and freedom. And I'm gonna give you the counterintuitive strategy to help you stay connected to your creativity and inner guru. Welcome back. What is an amplified life? It's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best. It's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day. And it's having an amplified career, one that's meaningful to you, the world, and your bank account. I'm Dan Mason, helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms. This is the Life Amplified Podcast. Everyone who comes into my coaching practice wants the same thing. We want more time, we want more money, we want more freedom, particularly the freedom to do meaningful work that's aligned with our soul's purpose. But for some reason, you come up against an internal block. Some people tell me it's a lack of motivation, that they just don't have the discipline or the commitment to make themselves do the things that they know will create the wealth that will create the success. Why do we do that though? 
what ends up happening here is we just fall into patterns of sabotage. And I don't even like the word sabotage in my coaching containers because nobody's ever woken up in the morning uh, with your list of goals and said, gee, how can I F this all up today? So it's not sabotage. What it is, is a set of protection patterns that we're using to keep ourselves safe. We're trying to keep ourselves safe from emotional annihilation, rejection, failure. And this is how it manifests when we don't trust ourselves. Do you seek reassurance and advice from other people instead of tuning into how you feel about a situation or an opportunity in your life? Do you solicit opinions from other people around you when there's an important decision to be made? You might be a person who just postpones making a decision altogether. So you procrastinate. On some level, it's easier for you to sit in an energy of uncertainty or not knowing rather than facing the fear associated with making the wrong decision. Some of you are avoiding tuning in to your needs and desires altogether. You're going to numbing or dissociative behaviors. You're scrolling on Instagram. You're doom scrolling on Facebook. You're having a few glasses of wine at night. You're binge watching uh, you know, the, the new season of Stranger Things is a way to not be present with those desires and, and that urge that's coming up within you to live your purpose. Uh, there's also some of you who are ruminating on the past. You're obsessing over whether you should have taken a different path years ago rather than realizing the only place that you have the power or the resources to create the life that you want is in the present moment. A lot of times we're quick to believe negative opinions of ourself. And for my spiritual and woo-woo folks, you know who you are. Sometimes when you don't trust yourself, how often do you start waiting to consult your oracle cards, <laughs> your angel cards? You're waiting till you talk to your psychic or your spiritual healer. You know, there's a lot of people like, oh, Dan, I can't start my book or I can't quit my job right now because Mercury is in retrograde. And, you know, that, that my psychic told me now is not the time to sign a contract or make a decision. I used to fall into that trap a lot. I actually forced myself once to launch a coaching program, a group program in Mercury retrograde, just so I could have the success and prove to myself that the astrology has nothing, nothing to do with my ability to generate. Um, but all these at the end of the day, we're talking about the symptoms and really, there's one core reason that you don't trust yourself and why. I'm going to give you something that might blow your mind right now. It usually comes down to this. And I have coached people now across 18 countries. But when you don't trust yourself, it's secretly that you're afraid that if you were to feel totally happy and satisfied with your life, your motivation to do things might actually dissipate and eventually vanish. This is such a pattern that's come up, and especially in some of my group coaching containers this year, we're having this conversation. People who don't trust themselves are terrified of feeling good. They're afraid if they feel good over time, like really every day waking up feeling good, that their motivational drive will disappear. And why is that such a survival threat to people? Why at a primal level are we afraid of losing our motivation? If you're like many high performers I coach, it's because you were taught that your inherent value, your worthiness, your ability to be loved was all about being motivated, striving, and achieving. You grew up in some sort of environment 
where love was conditional and it was handed out freely if you made the honor roll, if you were a star athlete, if you, you know, excelled either on the football field and cheerleading student government, that that was the path to achievement. You got to be motivated. You got to work hard. You got to study. You got to, you know, master the SAT, the ACT. You got to get into a good college and somewhere in there, we learn that love is the reward that we get for doing and that we don't get it for being. So this becomes the conundrum for many people who don't trust themselves. If you allowed life to get too good, if things were just no more problems and you lived in the flow of life in a state of ease and joy, well then what, I I might not even be motivated to create a next level and therefore I'm not worthy of love. And this shows up a lot in corporate America and it shows up with a lot of my entrepreneurial clients because they will do everything in their power subconsciously to keep themselves in a stress and anxiety loop. And what will that look like? It means like even though you create so much success, you climb that next ladder in your career, you can't seem to escape your problems. Maybe you're crushing it at work, but you can't really find that love and satisfaction in your and the intimacy that you want in your romantic relationships. Maybe you're doing really well at work, but you can't beat your addictions and those compulsive patterns. Uh, A lot of times for many people, they will plateau income-wise. So they'll just barely make enough, uh, and they always seem to get to one certain level no matter what they're doing. Uh, And even when you're making more money and you get a promotion, then you start spending money because you sort of stay in this loop of just barely having enough. But when we stay in the money pattern, there was there was actually just a new study that came out that one in three households where people are making $250,000 a year or more are still living paycheck to paycheck. Now, yes, it's inflation and there's a higher cost of living and the price of goods and services is at an all-time high and gas is high. But do you think that maybe there might be something driving that, that a quarter of a million dollars for some people just isn't enough? The money's going out as quickly as it comes in. And this one shows up with a lot of high performers too. You forget about your biggest successes in life, but you persistently dwell on your worries. So why are all these things, we're talking today about how these are all symptoms of not trusting yourself. And this is a quote that totally rattled me when I saw this from Peter Shallard. He says, you don't trust yourself because you weren't always trustworthy. Now we're going to go back to childhood. We're going to talk about some of that inner child work today. You don't trust yourself now because you were born into a world where you learned not to trust yourself. You were pretty much conditioned and indoctrinated into a world that made you do things that you don't want to do. In some cases, growing up as a child, you had to do things that no human would want to do. Things that you couldn't even, that you couldn't be trusted to do without being coerced. Now, we can look at this in terms of big T traumas. There's a lot of homes where there was abuse going on. There's a lot of times when you grew up in a home where you had to lie for your family, particularly if there were patterns of addiction or alcoholism and you didn't want to do that, but you had to keep up appearances for the world. But even beyond the bigger traumas, and and we're not here to diminish that at all, I want you to think about the smaller ways that you learned not to trust yourself and all the things that you were forced and coerced into doing without having a rationale why. You have to study hard. You gotta put all your money away in the piggy bank. 
You got to eat your vegetables every day. Growing up for me, it was you got to eat your Brussels sprouts, Dan. And this was back in the days when Brussels sprouts were just a boiled mess on a plate. Brussels sprouts have gone through a glow up because we've learned about, oh, balsamic vinaigrette, turkey bacon, feta cheese. But as a kid, I'm like, why do I want to eat this boiled shit? No, I don't want to eat this. And I was told, well, you have to because I said so. You know, the adult world is forcing children to take all these actions that they don't want to do. Think about this. Your parents, your teachers, uh, a church, uh, uh, your superiors, all like forcing you to do the right things and not the things that you don't want to do. And we're not here to bash any of this. And I'm not even here to say that that's necessarily wrong. Because haven't we all had the experience as adults where we reach a certain age where we realize, oh, wait, some of those adults growing up were actually right. Maybe I should be doing a better job of saving money. Hey, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't eat pancakes for dinner every night. Maybe I need something green on my plate. And as you grow into an adult, you start to create your own rationale, right? You realize that there are benefits to discipline and to structure in your life. Where there's a moment where we realize that focus, commitment, finishing the things that we start are actually good ideas. But underneath all of this, right, you're battling with your inner child because the inner child learned that to be structured and disciplined was not to have agency, was not to have choice. And on some level, it wasn't to have fun. So the problem arrives, and look, this happens for many people later in life. Sometimes, you know, it's 40, 50, 60-year-old clients of mine who come to this realization, right? They know that they want success, but they're not doing the things that they should do to create it. So why don't we trust ourselves? Well, you're new to this place, right? Of Like you're wanting all the things in your life, you want the wealth, but the child inside of you, your inner child has years of experience rebelling against all the shit that you were coerced into doing as a child. You know, there's a child, the, the, the inner child says, no, I don't want to do things because I have to. And the minute that adult you, future you, says, no, I, I, we probably should save and have an investment portfolio. We should probably stop drinking wine five times a night. Inner child is checked out. It's going, uh-uh, no way. F you, I want my freedom. <laughs> so a lot of times, those of us who are resistant to structure and we're not doing the things that we should do, it's because there is a part of us subconsciously that, that, that equates structure with a lack of freedom. And then it just starts to get worse, right? Because we try to manage these parts of ourselves by doing the same, uh, the same tricks and coercion tactics that the adults in our life used on us growing up, but we try to do it to ourselves. We create artificial reward systems, right? Yeah, how many times have you said, well, I'll take myself on a shopping spree if I lose that 15 pounds and eat healthy? Or hey, if uh, I work really hard and start my business, then I'll go take myself on that vacation or the cruise that I want. There is a whole industry right now of these apps that are essentially to-do lists that are the gold star chore list for adults. And they rarely ever work. The habit tracking apps, they don't work because the more that you're trying to coerce yourself to do the things that you have to do, the more the inner child rebels. So that part of you that used to hate the adults 
for trying to control them. Now you're in an internal struggle because you secretly hate yourself. You're lashing out and saying, hey, I just want to have some more fun. So rather than sit down to write your book, rather than sit down to start your, your business plan, rather than uh, meal prepping on a Sunday, you're blowing off the afternoon, you're playing video games, you're day drinking at a bar, you're eating all the junk food, maybe watching uh, or binge watching TV shows that you love from 20 years ago. And that's the cycle that we end up in. The inner child doesn't want to do the things that we know we should do. We try to force it by placing more structure. And as a response, the inner child rebels harder. And then we get into more irresponsible behavior. And then the end result in all this is that we don't trust ourselves. Because every time we say that we're going to do the thing that we're going to do, every time we say that, oh my God, next month I'm going to start the meal plan. Or, hey, I'm going to start waking up earlier and working out every day. Hey, I'm going to... I'm going to enroll the first three clients in my new coaching business that I want to start on the side, but we don't follow through. You're just taking a little more money out of the self-trust bank and you don't trust yourself at all. So what is the solution? Here's the counterintuitive solution to the problem. Give your inner child the thing that it always wanted. Give your inner child the thing that it believes that it has to sabotage your life in order to steal a little bit of in the moment. Give your inner child the thing it doesn't trust you to provide because you've never really had it. What is it? Fucking fun. <laughs> Joy. Good times. A sense of play. Rather than trying to delay your gratification and making it, uh, making it contingent upon getting more results in your life down the road, rather than making fun the reward you get for doing the right thing, how about you cultivate more of it in the present? And I want you to think for a second, how was it responded to in your life when you wanted to spend too much time having fun as a child? Growing up for me, like I remember in eighth grade, I, I, like junior high, I got really into basketball. And I wanted so bad to play on the junior high basketball team. And I went out for the team and I made it. But my mom would never actually let me go to the practices, <laughs> which is problematic when you're on a sports team. If I didn't do the right thing, if I didn't say the right thing to my mother, anytime a chore wasn't done, she would make me come home. So I end up missing half the practices in junior high, which is one of the reasons I rarely played. I, well, okay, look, the real reason I didn't play is also I wasn't an athlete and I kind of sucked at basketball, let's be honest. But it didn't help me that I never got to go to any of the practices. So that fun, that connection, that sense of play that I would have gotten with my teammates with organized sports was always taken away from me uh, when I wasn't doing, air quote, the right thing. As I grew up and I got a little bit older in high school, I always found the spring musical. That was my thing. I was like the acting, I was the acting dork who always had the lead in the spring musical and it would never fail that I would get about a third of the way through the rehearsal process and I would be so lit up. It's the one thing that kind of kept me going in high school when we were having a lot of problems at home and my parents' marriage wasn't great and my mom's mental health wasn't great. But it was always held over my head that uh, like literally my directors would have to call my mom on the phone and, and beg her to let me continue to stay in the play. 
So this idea of fun for me was always something that was never really safe to have. It was just going to be taken away from me anyway. And my life became about having to obey. It became about having to conform. And when I look back on that a lot right now, understanding my mom's mental health challenges, part of the reason my mom wanted to control so much to kind of keep me in the house with her is because she was lonely. My dad was working all the time. She didn't have that connection with her husband. And she started looking to me, the oldest son, to hold space for her, to be that safe masculine presence in her life, which is actually the complete reversal of what a healthy parent-child relationship should be. The parent should be providing safety for the child, not the child's responsibility to keep a parent feeling emotionally safe. But this comes up with a lot of my clients. Now, this is sh- that's just some examples from my life. Uh, I have a client right now who grew up literally at like age nine or 10 working in a sweatshop environment. Her dad got sick. Uh, At an early age, her mom was working in these factories and working in a sweatshop and taking the children in just to create more money and more hours to keep the family afloat. So play was never even on the table. Wasn't a safe thing to have. You couldn't have play. Your duty was just to work to keep the family afloat. Another one of my clients uh, grew up in a family where, and this is a conversation we've been having this year, grew up in a family where at age 10 or 11, She started getting sold out by her parents to become the go-to babysitter in the neighborhood. So on Friday nights, she's staying in a house by herself at age 11, babysitting like three-year-old kids and never had that experience of a sense of play. And the money that she was making wasn't even hers. Some of that money had to go toward the family, right? So there's this whole feeling that my money is not my own, which as an adult manifested and hey she started making a lot of money in corporate america multiple six figures and then she would spend it the minute that it came in because she was so afraid oh my god i got to spend this on me before somebody else takes it from me so even though you know it's that pattern we were talking about the new study that said you know uh, people making over a quarter of a million dollars right now one in three are still living to paycheck to paycheck there's some internal programming going on in there It plays out in a variety of ways in so many families. I don't know what it is for you specifically because we haven't spoken yet. But if your inner child never had a safe environment to play and work and achievement became a way to get to love and in some place a way to get to survival or safety, you're going to repeat that as an adult. And you're going to be in this push and pull of wanting to do the right thing, wanting to put more structure and discipline into your life. And at the same time, wanting to rebel and and just give a middle finger to structure and discipline. So where do we go from here, right? What becomes the answer? How do you begin to put more play into your life? This is something for me that I'm actually getting back to after a couple years of lockdown and facing a lot of challenges that many entrepreneurs were of having to pivot and having to get creative and different offerings and and holding a lot of space for supporting my clients. One of the big realizations that I had this year is I wasn't doing a great job of still creating a sense of play and fun in my life. Living in, in lockdown for two years with me and a dog in a city that I had pretty recently moved to when I came here to San Diego, I didn't have like that social support around me. 
I was very focused on keeping my business going because it was the only thing that felt like it was in control in my life. But over the last two years, I had lost all connection to that sense of play. So one of the big commitments in my life that I'm making to address that play is actually getting back into performing. Um, I went for the first time ever in my life. I've always done community theater as just an outlet as an adult, right? We're just doing some little local theater productions. Last night for the first time ever, I went to an audition at a professional theater in San Diego, uh, which I was totally intimidated by. And my ego had all these reasons why I shouldn't do it. Oh, Dan, you should really be focused on your business. It's a weird time in the economy. You need to be innovating and working hard. Even up until like 30 minutes uh, before I left for the audition, I was ready to cancel it. But I went last night and I did it. And I'm proud to say I got a call back for the show. So I've got my callback audition for a professional theater next week. And for me, it's not, it, it, it is literally nothing more than a sense of adding fun into my life. And when I walked into that audition last night, it was the most joyous and fun and playful and alive that I've actually felt since before the pandemic, which for me, I knew I was in the right place. So this is what I want you to think about in your life. What are those pathways to joy for you? Because it's been true in my business the whole seven years that I've been an entrepreneur. The more fun I am having, the more money I make. Even last year, when things were still sketchy and were coming out of lockdown, the three most profitable months of my business were the three months I was going to the horse races down the road at Del Mar Racetrack three days a week, which some of you are like, what the hell, Dan? How could that possibly be fun? But that is a way I connected to my dad and grandfather growing up. Seven and eight years old, I would go to the horse races with them. So I started doing that last summer as a way just to get out again. And something that I enjoy, I realize that's like a 900-year-old man hobby. Whenever I walk into a racetrack, I'm the youngest person there. But going there and doing that, my business was making record income in those months. So the question for you, if you want to build more of a sense of self-trust, the idea is that you have got to get your inner child on board. That doing the things that you need to do moving forward, placing more structure, more discipline into your life, isn't also going to further shackle you from having joy, connection, and play. So what is the thing that seven-year-old you would be lit up to do right now? I don't care if it's finger painting. I don't care if it's chalk drawing on the sidewalk. I don't care if it's going to a dance class or what it is. But think about what is that for you? What is seven-year-old you trying to do? As you allow yourself to have more fun, you'll stop self-flagellating. You'll stop beating yourself up that you're not doing enough, that you're not working hard enough. It's interesting, like for a lot of people, even in self-development, like once they go on a personal growth path, then they have to become the best at self-development, right? Instead of having fun, they're looking for another coaching program or another seminar, another retreat to go to. So then that just becomes something else they have to be good at, right? It's no longer a sense of enjoyment. It's just something that's, that you're showing up for out of a sense of obligation and duty. So to recap today, if you want to stay committed to your goals, you've got to get your inner child on board because there is a part of you that equates structure with lack of choice, lack of agency, and lack of fun. 
build the fun into your life first, build the fun and play in. And as your inner child starts trusting you to show up for it, to give it a safe environment to be fully expressed, you're going to realize that those internal blocks, the procrastination, the doubting your intuition, the seeking the approval of other people will start to dissipate. All right. If you're listening to this, be sure to screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram, tag me at CSC Dan Mason, and be sure to share. What is your commitment? What are you going to do to embrace more play into your life? I love you so much for listening. And I think that this is an important message for many reasons right now. Uh, Number one, there is so much drama and negativity in the world and on the news. I think one of the easiest ways that we can all release the pressure valve and just self-regulate is to embrace that childlike sense of play in our lives again. If we could allow ourselves to build more safe connections with people who are like-minded rather than scrolling and arguing with strangers who don't believe the things that we believe, you're going to find that you're going to regulate so much easier. So, And if you need some additional help to work through those internal blocks, trust me, if you want to make that inner child feel safe, it is really good to have some support to help hold you accountable and to have a safe coaching container to facilitate that moving forward. You can get more information on my coaching programs by going to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. Talk to you next time.